to our third study in the book of Numbers. We are in chapter 3. Plan on covering all 51 verses after we send out a hillbilly holla out to a brother Joey Bonner in the great state of Alabama, or as I used to call it, Alabama. Actually, I never did call it that. Brother Joey, here's your hillbilly holla. And uh, I did a little bit of studying uh, through Bethany Bible College down in Alabama. I've been to Alabama a couple of times. And, uh, well, it's good to know we've got believers in all 50 states. And I'm not sure, but I think this might be the first time I've shouted out to Alabama. So there you go, Brother Joey. Your hillbilly holla as we get into a word of prayer before we get into our study. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time in your word. We thank you for all that we're learning. And uh, we are ready to go home, but in the meantime, we are going to occupy till you come. And we are going to learn this book, and it's just uh, inexhaustible. We keep studying and keep realizing how much we don't know. And that's fitting. We know you're omniscient. We'll never catch up to what you know. And we just thank you for all that you've taught us and helping us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In his precious name we pray. Amen. So, uh, Numbers chapter 3 answers a question uh, from Leviticus 27. <clears throat> if you were with us, it's just been a few weeks ago uh, from the time we're recording this study. <laughs> uh, we were in Leviticus 27. And in that chapter, 11 of the tribes, minus the tribe of Levi, were counted between the ages of 20 and 50 because those were the men who were of fighting age, or what we might think of like the draft for the army. In this chapter, uh, we will find all males from a month upward counted for the tribe of Levi. And then uh, we'll look at that at the end as well for the rest of the other 11 tribes. So uh, the separation of the tribe of Levi for the priesthood um, is reflected in this separate census for that tribe alone. Let's get right in here. Verses 1 and 2 say, These also are the generations of Aaron and Moses in the day that the Lord spake with Moses in Mount Sinai. Verse 2, And these are the names of the sons of Aaron, Nadab the firstborn, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. And of course, Nadab and Abihu will die young, because they had hearts of rebellion, and disobeyed God's commandment. Exodus 30, verse 9, They were told, Ye shall offer no strange incense thereon, nor burnt sacrifice, nor meat offering, Neither shall ye pour drink offering thereon. And what did they do? Uh, Leviticus chapter 10 verses 1 and 2 tells us, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. That's a picture of what's going on in today's churches as churches uh, put women in the pulpit, churches embrace Sodom and gay marriage, uh, some churches have even embraced abortion, 
and many, many churches, the majority of churches today, are preaching a false gospel. They're not preaching the gospel of 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. They are preaching a gospel of works, a gospel of inclusion, an ecumenical gospel that denies the words of Jesus Christ when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, um, that's strange fire. And those people, sadly, will not just die in this life. They'll die and perish in a lake of fire. So, uh, as far as why uh, God would kill Nadab and Abihu for doing that, it really comes down to, and we mentioned this before, it's as simple as you tell some kid, if you take that fork in your hand and stick it in that outlet, you will die. It really is that simple. And yet, people disobey God's word and die from it daily. Um, probably thousands of the 180,000 people on average who die every day will die as a direct consequence of their choice to disobey God. And every single person in hell is there as a direct result of their rejection of God. So now, in the next two verses, we're reminded of the sad end of Nadab and Abihu. Verses 3 and 4 say, These are the names of the son of Aaron, the priests which were anointed, whom he consecrated to minister in the priest's office. And Nadab and Abihu, this is verse 4, died, I say it again, and Nadab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered strange fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no children. And Eleazar and Ithamar ministered in the priest's office in the sight of Aaron, their father. They were replaced. And everybody's replaceable. I'm replaceable. You're replaceable. We are doing what we're doing as a privilege and a blessing. And uh, if you think too highly of yourself, think God has to have you, you, you are uh, sorely mistaken and going to be sorely disappointed. So... Um, with that solemn reminder, we move on. We're going to read verses 5 through 7. Verse 5 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Verse 6, Bring the tribe of Levi near, and present them before Aaron the priest, that they may minister unto him. Verse 7, And they shall keep his charge, and the charge of the whole congregation, before the tabernacle of the congregation, to do the service of the tabernacle. So, All of this is being laid out in preparation for that wilderness journey which will take 40 years because of sin and rebellion. And uh, we know in hindsight they don't know what's coming. (laughs) Um, But in hindsight we look at that 40-year travel and you'll see the number 40 um, with uh, temptation, trial, and judgment. Uh, of course, Jesus was 40 days in the wilderness and then tempted of the devil. Um, but we'll talk more about that later. Um, we've talked about it before. We'll bring it up again as we jump into verses 8 and 9. And they shall keep all the instruments of the tabernacle of the congregation and the charge of the children of Israel to do the service of the tabernacle. Verse 9, And thou shalt give the Levites unto Aaron and to his sons. They are wholly given unto him out of the children of Israel. That's a big gift. (laughs) A whole tribe given to Aaron. But really what's meant by this is that no uh, one who is not an offspring of Aaron 
could serve as a priest or as the high priest. All Levites are under Aaron's authority and subject to his lineage for the priesthood, and that's similar to how uh, the king or queen of England in our generation must come from the house of Windsor, um, in theory. Now, you won't have any of us Millers on the throne, (laughs) even though that's where my DNA originates going back several centuries. Um, We're not of the house of Windsor, so you're not going to have any of us sitting on the throne. And that's similar to what is being said here about the Levites and those uh, offspring of Aaron. Verse 10 says, And thou shalt appoint Aaron and his sons, and they shall wait on their priest's office, and the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. Uh, You couldn't have women preachers among the Levites. It was only the males. Um, And no one that wasn't qualified could stand in that role. And one main qualification was to be a male offspring of Aaron. Pick up verses 11 through 13 now. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, And I, behold, I have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel, instead of all the firstborn that openeth the matrix among the children of Israel. Therefore the Levites shall be mine. Verse 13, Because all the firstborn are mine. For on the day that I smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I hallowed it, I'm sorry, I hallowed unto me all the firstborn in Israel, both man and beast. Mine shall they, they be, I am the Lord. So this is a gracious act by the Lord. Um, you know, he has the right. Actually, if you want to be honest about it, he has the power. And by sheer reality of who he is as God... He could just claim everyone for himself, and he could even make us his slaves. People just take for granted the holy God that we have who is so loving and patient and just and righteous and all that. Listen, we ought to be thankful that we have God, who he is, his character, because what would you do about it if he just was a God who was one of these evil type of gods you you read about and hear about in mythology? The reason those gods are like that is because they actually are, I believe, the offspring of the Nephilim, the fallen angels who interbred with the women in Genesis 6, gave birth to men of renown, the giants, and then uh, they uh, were mythologized by the pagans, and including the Egyptians and the Greeks and the Romans. And so that's why they have a very human, fallen nature to those gods, small g, by the way. And our God is beyond anything that we can imagine. He's so holy, as I said, but He is love. God is love. He's just as well. He's righteous. He doesn't put up with sin. He's just not some big, you know, Santa Claus in the sky, just ho, 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 and put up with everything you do. He's holy, but He's also forgiving. He's long-suffering and so forth. And we just take that for granted. And here you see a demonstration of God's grace in the Old Testament. And um, he has uh, taken the Levites and set them apart um, instead of the firstborn of all the other 11 tribes. And you imagine it just would be kind of a burden. You get married and have a your firstborn would be given over to God. 
Um, and God knew that that would be a great burden. But yet he takes the one tribe that he does claim for himself in replacement of the firstborn, and he blesses them with such a high position. And uh, anybody who is a decent human being who appreciated God at all would find it a privilege to be a Levite. And, and the good thing is that God is good. So the Levites were actually privileged and blessed by this as long as they were obedient. Nadab and Abihu, another story. So we pick up verses 14 through 16. Verse 14 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, Number the children of, Le of Levi after the house of their fathers by their families. Every male from a month old and upward shalt thou number them. So uh, verse 16 says, And Moses numbered them according to the word of the Lord as he was commanded. So as mentioned previously, they were, these were all males beyond a month old being counted. Uh, verse 17 says, And these were the sons of Levi by their names, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. So you go back to Levi back in Genesis and Exodus, uh, early Exodus, and you find these are the three sons of Levi. Um, so all the descendants of Levi, including Aaron and his sons, came from one of these three. Just like the entire human race comes from Adam through uh, Seth on up through Noah, and then the family tree starts to break off. Ham, Shem, and Japheth. And we all trace back to Noah through one of those three sons. And that's similar to this when it comes to the sons of Levi. Uh, verses 18 through 20, continuing, says, And these are the names of the sons of Gershon by their families, Libni and Shimei. Verse 19, And the sons of Kohath by their families, Amram and Izahar, Hebron and Uziel. Verse 20, And the sons of Merari by their families, Mali and Mushi. <laughs> or I've heard people say uh, Mali and Mushi. Uh, these are the families of the Levites according to, their ha to the house of their fathers. So the descendants of Gershon, now as we read, would pitch westward and carry the tent of the tabernacle, including its coverings, hangings, and cords. We'll read uh, verses 21 through 26. Of Gershon was the family of the Libnites and the family of the Shemites. These are the families of the Gershonites. Verse 22, those that were numbered among, uh, of them, according to the number of all the males, from a month old and upward, even those that were numbered of them were 7,500. Verse 23, the families of the Gershonites shall pitch behind the tabernacle westward. Verse 24, and the chief of the house of the father of the Gershonites shall be Eliasaph, the son of Lael. And verse 25, and the charge of the sons of Gershon in the tabernacle of the congregation shall be the tabernacle and the tent, the covering thereof, and the hanging for the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. In verse 26, in the hangings of the court and the curtain of the door of the court, which is by the tabernacle and by the altar round about and the cords of it for all the service thereof. So the descendants of Gershon, as I said, would pitch westward and carry the coverings. And now beginning in uh, verse 27, we see the descendants of Kohath. Uh, they included the sons of Amram, which is Moses' family and Aaron's family, um, would actually have come from them as well, but Aaron is set apart separate. But Moses' family is included in this, and they would pitch to the south of the tabernacle and carry the Ark of the Covenant 
and other furniture for the tabernacle. So we'll read through verse uh, 32, beginning in verse 27. And of Kohath was the family of the Amramites, and the family of the Isherites, and the family of the Hebronites, and the family of the Uzielites. These are the families of the Kohathites. Verse 28, In the number of all the males from a month old and upward were 8,600, keeping the charge of the sanctuary. Verse 29, The families of the sons of Kohath shall pitch on the side of the tabernacle southward. Verse 30, And the chief of the house of the father of the families of the Kohathites shall be Elizaphan, the son of Uziel. Verse 31, And their charge shall be the ark, and the table, and the candlestick, and the altars, and the vessels of the sanctuary wherewith they minister, and the hanging, and all the service thereof. And then verse 32 says, And Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest shall be chief over the chief of the Levites, and have oversight of them that keep the charge of the sanctuary. So uh, that's self-explanatory. Again, the descendants of Kohath would pitch toward the south and carry that Ark of the Covenant and the other furniture. So verse 32 we pick up, or I mean verse 33, with the descendants of Merari. And they would all camp to the north and carry the infrastructure, the tent and the hangings, Gershon's family carry have to drape over and be held up by something and that's what Merari's uh, offspring would carry the board bars, pillars, sockets, etc. as we pick up 33 through 37 of Merari was the family of the Malites and the family of the Mushites these are the families of Merari and those that were numbered of them according to the number of all the males from a month old and upward were 6,200 Verse 35, And the chief of the house of the father of the families of Merari was Zuriel, the son of Abihel. These shall pitch on the side of the tabernacle northward. Verse 36, And under the custody and charge of the sons of Merari shall be the boards of the tabernacle, as we mentioned, and the bars thereof, and the pillars thereof, and the sockets thereof, and all the vessels thereof, and all that serveth thereto. And verse 37, and the pillars of the court round about, and their sockets, and their pins, and their cords. Now, for those people who run around saying that this is all fiction, they're crazy. <laughs> and this is the kind of detail that you would not find in uh, 99 out of 100 fictional books. And then in those that other percentage of fictional books where they attempt this kind of uh detail you find issues you find problems with it and that's not the case with the Bible so now we're reminded that Moses and Aaron would be directly east they would be in front of the door of the tabernacle uh, with the tribe of Judah to the east of them verse 37 uh, or 38 says but those that encamp before the tabernacle toward the east even before the tabernacle of the congregation eastward shall be Moses and Aaron and his sons keeping the charge of the sanctuary for the charge of the children of Israel, and the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. So this is what we would call a high security area, and trespassers would be shot on sight. (laughs) Uh, And the grand total of Levite males above a month old was, drumroll please, verse 39, all that were numbered of the Levites, which Moses and Aaron numbered at the commandment of the Lord throughout their families, all the males from a month old and upward, were twenty and two thousand. So twenty-two thousand souls would serve the Lord 
uh, and in the tabernacle service. And that's quite a crew, but they had quite a job ahead of them. As a matter of fact, as we talked about uh, not, not too long ago in our study um, in uh, Luke 22 about the Passover, um, the number of Levite uh, priests could not handle the number of lambs being sacrificed uh, on Passover. Uh, so that's why they were still sacrificed in homes and outside the uh, temple area in Jerusalem. But uh, for the other than some uh, issues like that that God made provision for, it worked quite well unless there was sin and rebellion. So now the whole nation was inspected and the firstborn male of a month old and upward from all the other 12 tribes is counted. And um, guess how close that number was to 22,000. Uh, read beginning verse 40. And the Lord said unto Moses, Number all the firstborn of the males of the children of Israel from a month old and upward and take the number of their names. Some, I had some guys say, Well, that contradicts what we read back in the uh, Vigas 27. This is only the firstborn, not all males. Got to read carefully. Verse 41, And thou shalt take the Levites for me. I am the Lord, instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel, and the cattle of the Levites, instead of all the firstlings among the cattle of the children of Israel. And verse 42, And Moses numbered, as the Lord commanded him, all the firstborn among the children of Israel. Now listen, verse 43, And all the firstborn males by the number of names, from a month old and upward, of those that were numbered of them, were twenty and two thousand two hundred and three score and thirteen. In other words, that's twenty two thousand two hundred and seventy three. So there were two hundred and seventy three more firstborn males than there were Levites. So then we see that that additional number of two hundred seventy three was to be redeemed with five shekels apiece, and then that money was given to Aaron. Uh, verse 44 begins, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Verse 45, Take the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel, and the cattle of the Levites instead of their cattle, and the Levites shall be mine. I am the Lord. I think I read that already. Verse 46, And for those that are to be redeemed of the two hundred and threescore and thirteen of the firstborn of the children of Israel, which are more than the Levites. Verse 47, Thou shalt even take five shekels apiece by the pole after the shekel of the sanctuary, uh, shalt thou take them? The shekel is twenty giras. And then says this money would be given to Aaron. Verse 48, And thou shalt give the money wherewith the odd number of them is to be redeemed unto Aaron and to his son. So again, quite a gift. Um, and uh, verse 49 through 51, let's go ahead and read uh, the rest of the chapter here. Verse 49 says, And Moses took the redemption money of them that were over and above them that were redeemed by the Levites. Verse 50, of the firstborn of the children of Israel took he the money, a thousand three hundred and three score and five shekels after the shekel of the sanctuary. And verse 51, and Moses gave the money of them that were redeemed unto Aaron and to his sons according to the word of the Lord as the Lord commanded Moses. So as we would expect, Moses did what the Lord said to do with the money. Money problems have caused a uh, lot of issues in churches and families and marriages and that sort of thing. Um, if we just do what God tells us to do, we avoid all those issues and all those problems. And uh, that's why at BBF we've never had any money issues. We pay the bills. Um, we don't uh, milk the sheep. <laughs> 
and uh, we don't have a bunch of uh, business meetings to argue and haggle because we don't do anything weird with the money. We just pay the bills, support missions, buy gospel tracts, buy Bibles, and so forth. So again, as we close, um, we just also are reminded of the Lord just dealing with people justly and fairly as far as is possible and rewarding Aaron for his willingness to serve the Lord with his whole family. Well, those who in our day, our dispensation, who willingly serve the Lord with our lives, as Romans 12:1 says, presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service, thinking what God did in Christ, dying for our sins, paying for our sins, saving us from hell and the lake of fire. It's only reasonable that we do that. We will be rewarded greatly throughout etern- the whole eternal age. And those who think that sacrificing this present life for future eternal reward are carnal. They're simply revealing the darkness of their heart as they are given over to rebellion, sin, and self-service rather than self-sacrifice. That's why it's just so sad when you see someone call himself a Christian who's a tightwad who doesn't give money to support the work that we do, not just BBF, I mean we, Christians, across the board, all the missionaries who could use money for tracts and Bibles and buying their kids new pair of shoes and automobiles and things that are needed to do the work of the Lord and so forth, and a lot of people have a lot of problems because of the tightwads and the carnality among professing Christians who are just ungrateful, and um, that's all I'll say on that, but that's what this is really dealing with and talking about as we end Numbers chapter 3.